0: Welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in his scripture and studying to show yourself approved unto God. Uh, And let me be one of the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope that you're having a great Christmas. I hope that you're having time to gather with your loved ones um, and enjoying it. And just be grateful uh, this Christmas, especially, you know, for all the things that God has done for us and God has done for our lives, and more importantly, that He has given us His Son, Jesus Christ, for all things, and to be the sum of all things for us. And we'll talk about that in a couple of later episodes. But today, we're going to talk about the kind of the nativity scene, the, the birth of Christ, the nativity story, and how it's a picture of who Christ was going to be on this earth, and then eventually who He was going to be after the resurrection as well. And we'll dive into that here in a second, you know, but a couple of housekeeping items to begin. Again, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you need a copy of the New King King James Bible, feel free to drop me a note at path to ohio at gmail.com and I'll be more than happy to get one into your hands. Also, again, don't take my word for any of this. Make sure that you're studying to show yourself approved. Make sure that you're diving into Scripture and finding out what God has for you. I don't care who it is, if it's me, if it's anyone else, you never want to take someone's word for it. You always want to do your own study and pray about it and make sure that it is the truth. Now, I believe everything that I teach so if you need any help or anything like that just feel free to drop me a note at path to redemption Ohio at gmail.com and again don't forget about the website uh, that again path to redemption ministries org there's a new article up this week as well so make sure that you're checking that out and really kind of staying up to date with some of the new articles that we have coming out the the plan is to have a new podcast and a new article out um, every single week, and they're not going to coincide with each other. They're going to be on completely different topics for the most part. It's going to be whatever God leads me to write about and whatever God leads me in, in the podcast and what we have going on. So um, make sure you're checking that out as well. Again, that's path to pathtoredemptionministries.org. And then finally, just, you know... Make sure that we're sharing the podcast with uh, with one another as well. If you want people to learn from the teaching, if you want people to to learn and grow, um, you know, just mention it to one or two other people as you as you come in contact with them. You know, as they try and learn and grow, and and if they really want to grow up into the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ, it can certainly help to supplement a lot of the teaching, maybe that they're that they're not getting out there, or to be a good refresher if they do have the foundation that they do need. Amen. So with that being said, okay, again, we're going to look at the nativity story, and we're going to start in Luke chapter 2, so i uh, are going to start Luke chapter 2 and uh, verses 1 through 20. Here the Bible says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quinius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered. Register with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid, for behold." So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came to ha- came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known... Okay, so again, we're going to kind of look at this whole picture, right? And we're going to look at different aspects here. So the first part that we're going to look at is is going back into verse 6 and 7, where it says, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So even in those times, births typically took place in the homes and not in a stable, which is basically where they were. The animal Were born there, and what this shows is it shows Christ as the Lamb of God being born as a lamb to come and be made for slaughter in order for our sins to be reconciled and to be washed away so that we could be reconciled back to the Father. And we see this even more so, you know, in, in John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34, where the Bible says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. So what you see here is you see John the Baptist, who's baptizing all these people. And he says, behold, here is the lamb of God, right? And and John goes on in John chapter one, and it says in the John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he repa- remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. So we see here again that John says, look, he sees Jesus and he says, look, behold the lamb of God who takes away the of the world. Okay, amen. So you see that John here recognizes Christ as the Lamb of God. Christ is recognized as the Lamb of God throughout all the scripture. Revelation 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And then keep going forward with that. Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 7 says this And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as a sound of many waters and as a sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord. God omnipotent reigns, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. So we see that Christ has been referred to as the Lamb of God or the sacrificial Lamb, you from basically from the time of his birth. So we see though that even at his birth and even from the beginning of Christ, that he was the Lamb of God and it's a picture of him as the Lamb being born in the stable. In addition to that, we also see shepherds being the first ones notified of his birth, right? Why? Because we see it in Luke chapter two, again, in verses eight through 20, where it says, now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a major. So, even then, understanding that he was the Lamb of God, he is the Lamb of God, that's why shepherds were one of the first ones to also be notified or to be told by the angels about his coming and about his birth. But they were also told because Christ is a picture of the shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is that perfect shepherd, right? So in John chapter 10, starting at verse 7, it says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever come before me, came before me, are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them I am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly I am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep but a hireling he who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a Hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd with Christ as the shepherd, right? So understanding all of that, we see that Christ then being the good shepherd was another picture of why the shepherds were known before or were notified of the birth of Jesus Christ. We see it again in first Peter chapter two and starting at, at verse 20, where the Bible says, for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your fault, to you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to you, this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who then was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So we see Christ there in the manger, born there as a lamb, but then we also see the shepherds representing Christ as the good shepherd. Here, okay. Now, let's let's switch the accounts here, and let's go to the book of Matthew, and let's look at Matthew's version of of the nativity story. In Matthew chapter two, and starting at verse one, the Bible says, "Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him.' Amen. What we have to understand is that Jesus Christ is that bright and morning star, drawing all people unto him to come and worship him and to come into salvation. He said, again, if he be raised up, he would draw all men nigh unto us, right? Revelation chapter 22 and verse 16, Jesus says this about himself. He said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Amen. Job 38 and 4 through 7 said, God God is rebuking Job and this is what he says he says where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth tell me if you have understanding who determined its measurements surely you know or who stretched the line upon it to what were its foundations fastened or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of god shouted for joy Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb, Amen. So here we see a bright star that is drawing men, a particular Gentile men, amen, that are not Jewish, that are not part of the Jewish tradition, drawing them all the way over to see the king of the Jews, which was Jesus Christ, and drawing all men unto him. Amen. How amazing is that? Now, we also see here in Matthew's account something else here as well. In Matthew chapter 2... Uh, in going on and starting at verse seven, it says, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come and the house they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him and when they had opened their treasures they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense and myrrh then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed for their own country another way now I know that that they weren't there the night that that Jesus was born right it says here that they saw the young child I'm sure Jesus was a little bit older than a baby at this point but that's neither here nor there the fact remains that they Followed the bright morning star, and then what they did is that they followed him in order to worship him and to give him gifts. And the gifts matter here. What they gave him is a picture again of different aspects of Jesus Christ. We're going to start with the gold, which represents his deity and his kingship. Let me remind you that in the book of Exodus, chapter 25, starting at verse 10, the ark of the testimony was covered and overladen in gold. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but Exodus chapter 10. I'm sorry, chapter 25 verses 10 through 22 show you how the Ark of the Covenant was made and it was completely overlaid with gold, right? But the Ark of the Covenant was so important because it was the mediator between what? Between God and man, right? Which is what Jesus Christ was going to be. In the book of Hebrews, Paul talks about how Jesus Christ is the mediator of the New Testament, right? And it represents the deity of who he is. Why? Because God would descend down on the mercies seat of the Ark of the Covenant and would ultimately commune with the high priest on Yom Kippur on the the Day of Atonement and would actually talk to him and then make intercession between the the Israel and to the father, right? So here you see gold being placed here as a representation of the mediation of the deity of who Christ was going to be, right? Being the fact that he was fully God and fully man at the same time. But it's also a picture of his kingship as well. Psalms chapter 21 verses 1 through 7 says this, the king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice? You have given him his desire and have not withheld request of his lips for you meet him with blessings of goodness you set a crown of pure gold upon his head he asked life from you and you gave it to him length of days forever and ever his glory is great and your salvation honor and majesty you have placed upon him amen so what we see then there is that the gold represents the deity and the kingship of Jesus Christ if you read the entire gospel of Matthew Matthew shows Jesus Christ as king. Okay, so when you read that and you understand that Christ is king of kings and he is Lord of lords, you see that from the very beginning of his birth with the first gift of the wise man. Now, the second one, second gift is that of frankincense, okay, which represents the priesthood. Now, if you go back to the Levitical priesthood in chapter in Leviticus chapter 2, starting at verse 1, what you end up finding is this. It says, when anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a fine frankincense. Flour, and he shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, one of whom will take it from the handful of fine flour and oil with all frankincense, and the priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma. To the Lord. Going on in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, it says, This is the law of the grain offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it on the altar before the Lord. He shall take from it the handful of fine flour for the grain offering with its oil and all the frankincense which is on the grain offering and shall burn it on the altar for a sweet aroma as a memorial for the Lord. The other thing I would say is that frankincense was a key ingredient in the anointing oil that was used to anoint the priests and to establish them. So when the when the anointing oil ran down Aaron's beard and him he was anointed as the high priest and then the priests following after him, the key ingredient in there, one of the key ingredients in there was frankincense as well. Again, a picture of the priesthood here. You know Frankincense was used on every single offering except for the sin offering, the trespass offering, and for Passover. And the reason being for that is because those things have to be made completely of God, not enhanced at all, because they are literally... for the sin and for the remission of sins, and nothing that man's hands can do can ever make anything better. So it only can make things worse and make it more corrupt. So that's why the sin offering, the trespass offering, the Passover offering had no additional frankincense put in it. But it's a picture of his priesthood, right? And we know from Scripture that Christ is our high priest. We know that he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, as it says in the book of Hebrews. We know that he constantly makes intercession for us, sitting at the right hand of the Father, which is the job of. Of the priest, the job of the high priest, and this is a picture of the priesthood that he was going to inherit through his death and resurrection. Amen. Now, the final aspect here of the nativity scene that I want to look at is the the gift of myrrh, which is uh, which is an offering that's that's frankly used mainly in the death and preservation of bodies after people die. And And we see this, honestly, used in Jesus Christ on John chapter 19, verse 38 through 42. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. In the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet laid, been laid. So there they laid Jesus because the Jews' preparation day for the tomb was nearby. So here you see a picture of the death of Jesus Christ as the sacrifice for, our, for us uh, even from the very beginning and from the picture of the nativity, right? So I want to recap this again, okay? We see Jesus Christ born in a stable as a lamb, a lamb that's going to be led to the slaughter for the redemption of us and for our sins. We see shepherds being told about the birth of him. Why? Because he is the good shepherd and he is the picture of the good shepherd as it talked about in John chapter 10 and 1 Peter 2. He is the bright and morning star. That's why the star shone above him from his birth. Why? Because he was coming down from his heavenly throne throne, from being the pre-incarnate Christ and being one with the Father from up, up where the Father was, to come down here and the bright and morning star had to shine bright. And it drew men to him. It drew the wise men across however many hundreds of, of miles to actually come and worship at his feet, even though he was being a, a child. And then we see the gifts of the wise men. The gold representing the deity and kingship. The frankincense representing the priesthood and the representing the sacrifice as the offering. Amen. All of this was established from the beginning of time, but it's all shown here as a picture of Jesus Christ from the very birth of who he was. Amen. See, the end was determined from the beginning. It was determined that he was going to die for our sins. Yes, he came and he was born of a virgin and didn't have original sin, and he lived perfectly throughout all of his life so that he could be that perfect, unblemished lamb for us. But he came so that he could ultimately die for our sins. You cannot separate the birth of Christ from the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The same way you cannot, you can't take the death and resurrection without having Christ be born incarnate of a virgin in order for us to in order for him to be sinless and to live that sinless life for us. Amen? You see Christ is so amazing and there is no better way to introduce Christ into us and as part of the deity as it is to, through his birth. Amen? Because we have to understand and if you read the Song of Solomon, the Song of Solomon is a perfect picture about how the king casts away his priestly gar or his kingly garments and how he throws away his crown and he comes down to and meets a peasant Shunammite woman, right? Who is who just to marry and he falls in love with her. That's us. We're that Shunammite woman, right? That he that Christ fell in love with that ultimately led him to the cross and led him to die for us. Amen. This has been prophesied from the very beginning of time. Even the very picture of the creation story is a picture of the redemption of Jesus Christ. If you're unsure about that, see chapter one of my book, Grace Abounds. It's for free on the website. At Ministries.org, But you can read it there And you can see that even from the very beginning The redemption And the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ Was set And we see the picture of it here In the very beginning of his life Here on earth through the nativity Amen So look, I want you to think about this As we celebrate Christmas As we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ Don't separate the birth of Christ From the death and resurrection of Christ because It's so important that they be, they be tied together because if Christ didn't come and he wasn't born. There's no death and resurrection, but if there's no death and resurrection, then there was no purpose for Christ to come. Amen. Because there was no need for redemption. We could be righteous through the law, which none of us can be. Amen. So look, see that picture of Jesus Christ, even though he, even as he was sleeping in that manger. And I know there's a song, Mary, did you know? And, and Mary, Mary had an idea, right? The angel told her what was going to happen. But Mary maybe didn't know the prophecies. Mary didn't know the fullness of it. But she had an idea, you know. But I want you to think about, even while he was there laying in that manger, he was born to be the propitiation of our sins because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. You have to see and you have to find out that Christ here is a picture of the deity. He is a picture of what God sent to us. He is fully God. He is fully Christ and he is fully man. And it is a picture here from the very beginning of his life of what he was going to become and the sacrifice. Amen. Look, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this this lesson. Um, It's a pretty neat one when you start to look at it and you really start to to uh, to digest it and you really kind of start to to rightly divide the word between it. it it's just important for us to see the death and resurrection in the the nativity story and in the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. The song of the week this week comes from a band called Blue Tree from their 2008 album Greater Things. Again, that's Blue Tree from their 2008 album greater things and the song is god of the city again another really good tune um God is the god of this city and greater things are yet to come um, just because of who he is and what he is amen so again that's a uh, blue tree for the song of the week that uh, their album greater things uh the song is God of this city look I hope you're getting something out of this right we've transitioned into Christ we're now looking we've looked at the father we're now looking at a picture of Jesus Christ and who he is um, and we see the, pic- the, the picture of what he was going to be from the very beginning of the nativity right and we're going to start taking a look at who he is from the resurrected Christ we're going to look a little bit at the pre-incarnate Christ as well which is a whole different subject that we kind of need to talk about because there's the pre-incarnate Christ and then there's the incarnate Christ and then there's a resurrected Christ but we can talk about that through subsequent types or through subsequent um, podcasts but look I hope you're getting something out of this study to show yourself approved unto God take a look at it don't forget about the articles at path to redemption ministries org and then if you have any questions, I'm here to help, you know, just drop me an email at path to redemption, Ohio at gmail.com. Um, and I will be more than happy to respond back and we can get some discourse going here, um, as well, but you know, I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Don't forget about the death and resurrection of Christ at this Christmas. And because he came, and that was the whole reason he came, was to be the propitiation of our sins. Amen. But until next time, again, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.